This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Alana Enquirer podcast, and uh, we're going to make this a regular thing, and I will say that it'll be more regular earlier in the day. We're hoping to get it up early for you right in the morning, uh, so be up there with you. But uh, Michael Carpenter and I are still working out the schedules as we get into the season, but uh, that's what we're going to talk about today on Mondays with Mike on the Alana Enquirer podcast is, Carp, here we go, schedule 3.0 for Illinois football the 2020 season. And I got to say, I think you are more of a schedule guy than me. Like, oh, I love schedules. <laughs> I love going the wins and losses game by game, even though we have no idea. We have no idea how a certain team's going to look on November 15th compared to how they look right now. So it's, it's a futile exercise, but nonetheless, when they come out, yeah, I'm excited. I go through it. What do you love about that exercise carp that, that exercise of going through that schedule and saying, yeah, I, I see five and three or, uh, I see two and six. Uh, I think it's just, that's a good question. Actually, in regards to this schedule, I've stopped that a long time ago with the NFL. The NFL has taught me time and time again, that you cannot, uh, even as the season gets going, even after week two, I can't look at the spare schedule and say, you know what? I, I, I see 10 wins there. They might get there, but I don't know how with college football, there's enough continuity. There's enough knowledge of where certain programs are at and where Illinois is at compared to them that I, I can fall into that exercise. But what I've tried to do is leave it a little more open. So we played a game on the 200 level last night where we had three categories, which the first one is must win that if you're going to have a season worth anything, you need to win those games. Yeah. I think Purdue and Rutgers are probably the closest thing to a must win. And then you have the not going to happens. And Ohio State would certainly be one of those, and maybe Wisconsin despite what happened last year. But that still leaves a huge chunk of your schedule that is really going to dictate whether this is a five-win team, a disappointing three-win team. So instead of maybe game by game, it's more of a macro look at, okay, these are the swing games yeah. that will determine if it's a good year or not. Yeah, the way you brought up about the NFL, the thing about the NFL is even if your team isn't that good, you're not that far away from, I don't want to say the Chiefs, but you're not that far away from playoff teams, right? There, there's not just so little difference of those NFL rosters. It's usually a quarterback or well-coached or just a little bit more experienced. When it comes to college, there can be such a huge difference in, in these tiers of teams. But I do believe, Carp, we're in that space of the Big Ten West where there's not. I, I, I don't see a huge difference between Illinois and Nebraska. I, I don't see a big difference between Illinois-Purdue. I don't see a big difference Illinois-Northwestern. Now, Iowa's more established, so you give them a little bit more credit. But I think last year, that was an even matchup where Illinois lost a turnover battle. So they lost 19-10. to 10. Now, Wisconsin, I would give the, the edge to Wisconsin, but Illinois won that game last year. So that's where I go into this schedule this year, and I say – Illinois fans can mark a loss for Iowa and mark a win for uh, Rutgers or whatever it is, or a win for Purdue. But I, I just think this schedule 
only Big Ten is more open than anything we've seen. Plus, it's 2020. Plus, Carp, if we learned anything from last year, it's that the schedule tells us nothing because last year you would have thought that team could start five and one or four and two. They start two and four. And then all of a sudden their hard part of the schedule or part of the hard part of the schedule, they went two of the games. We didn't think they'd win at all with Michigan state and Wisconsin. So uh, that, that's why I've just never been a schedule guy when it comes to like, Oh, that's a win. That's a loss because man, especially now in the big 10 West with where Illinois is as a program, I think a lot of these are toss ups. I think they are, which is good news, bad news. And the bad news, uh, starting from the skeptical perspective, is as I've been going through the schedule, any which way, you know, the three categories I mentioned are actually going game by game. I tend to find them usually three and two entering the Ohio State game. Three and two. And that would include any combination of wins between Purdue, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Minnesota. I think we'd probably agree Minnesota would be the toughest matchup, even though it's at home. But three very winnable games between Purdue at Nebraska, which as Harry Black would say, we're due. He actually hates that saying. But I actually do think Illinois is due for one against those guys, the way they played recently. And then, let's see, Purdue-Nebraska, Rutgers, which you you need to bank on that Rutgers game if you are going to have a season where you end uh, satisfied. All that said, though, you mentioned it. You start 2-4 and four last year after the Eastern Michigan game, and really, for that matter, what I thought was just a, a totally lifeless performance at Minnesota, however good Minnesota was last year. It was done. It was over. Mm -hmm. So what if you lose to Rutgers and then you somehow beat Iowa at home? And you somehow give up on the team and they win a bunch of games straight, Carp. Like we've never seen that before. (laughs) I I think though, as I I've been doing the, that was a shout out to Carp's Yankees, by the way, he he quit on a week and a half ago. (laughs) Is it nine straight or 10 straight now? They got 10 and then they, they <laughs> lost to the Red Sox for the first time all year. They finished, I think, 12 and one against the Red Sox, which uh, as I tweeted <laughs> at you, Carp, now you can no longer enjoy them. You can't watch them. Nope, right. Nope. That, that's the, them's the rules. I got to set this one out. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm looking at the schedule and thinking, OK, three and two entering the Ohio State game. I'm a happy guy because what that would mean oh, yeah. is in week six, you have genuine interest and in all likelihood, national interest. Don't know what the other games are that weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so I think that may time with SEC and Big 12, some of their larger matchups. But you'd be getting attention nonetheless. The tricky thing, though, is that let's say you're 3-3 three and three after the first six, which is a totally plausible scenario. Iowa at home at Northwestern. You mentioned the closeness of that Iowa game. I think it'll be competitive. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. But do I have faith they can actually get over that hump? And then I hate the notion just like every year of ending against a Northwestern team that, you know, talent wise you stack up. And yet there's very little faith that you're going to get it done again against Pat Fitzgerald. Cause we yeah. just haven't. Carp, I kind of look at Wisconsin kind of as a, as a game where it's no lose situation. I mean, if you're an optimist, you can kind of look at it as, Hey, we're getting them when we want them, right. They're coming off a COVID outbreak on Madison. They're getting to practice a little bit later than you. Uh, but still, I think we all know Wisconsin wins more games than it loses. And that's a really tough game to start the season off. And they run the football very well. And that's the one thing I, I don't know if, if Illinois is going to be able to do this year again. Uh, Purdue, I, I think, is one of those games. It's like, that's that's it. That's that's the tone setter. Uh, don't start 0-2 or you got a chance to start 2-0. Um, that's a team and that's a program that if you're Illinois and you want to establish yourself in the Big Ten West, you got to beat most years. Uh, then that Minnesota game, uh, no one's going to expect you to win because Minnesota is coming off a big year. But I just feel like the performances of both those teams are going to even out this year. And like we're actually going to get a competitive game and maybe yeah, a shootout yeah. between those two teams. Uh, and then then you really get into the meat of it. Um, you know, you get the meat of that schedule where 
Rutgers got to win, as you said. But Nebraska, Illinois has been able to score on them. They just haven't been able to slow them down. So that's Lovey Smith's uh, big task this year to see if they can do that. Um, and then Ohio State, 1% Whatever. chance, 1% chance to win that game. And if you do, unbelievable. It's one of the best moments in program history. But the last two games, that decides the season probably. Right. And Northwestern, I have as my make or break game. And it usually does. The four times, Carp, that they have beaten Pat Fitzgerald uh, in this, uh, when he's been a head coach, they've made bowl games. So, <laughs> well, of... that's why last year that, that very stat stood out to me after that Iowa game, where I think we all felt pretty good entering that Northwestern game. And I know, I know injuries played a bit of a role, but that doesn't excuse how, I mean, that was one of the worst football games I've seen. And yeah. as an Illini fan, I got a long list of them. But I'm thinking with this season, the Nebraska game, if I were to identify a game that really will dictate whether or not this is, let's say, potentially a 5-1 season or potentially a 3-1 season where things just don't break your way. And 3-5 and five is a realistic possibility because of the amount of toss-up games and the fact that you already have presumably two losses you know, under your belt with Ohio state and Wisconsin, the Nebraska game is the one I look at the most because that late in the season, uh, when, you know, teams are going to be much more um, representative of how good or bad they actually are that I think that's game five mm -hmm. for Illinois, you under three and two with Ohio state, you feel good. You under two and three. And then all of a sudden you're facing a position where you need to win the last two games against Iowa Northwestern, no matter the year, you don't feel great about it. So it is that middle part of the schedule, specifically Rutgers and Nebraska, both of which are road games that you think, okay, if you win those, then somewhere along the way, you're going to get the other two to get to four wins. And for me, four and four, it's good. That's yeah. a 500 record. And you already got one game that you're kind of discounting with Ohio state. And you think, okay, well, other than that, you were a winning team in the big 10, all things considered. You take that entering that ninth game, whoever that may be. Yeah. You kind of answered the question of what is a success this year? And I think it's going to be weird to watch um, how we do look at this season um, if it is three and five, right? If they're competitive in all their games, I don't think Lovey's going anywhere after this year or anything like that. But if you're one and seven, then we're talking about a different story. Um, but if you're if you're above 500, Illinois doesn't do that. Like, they just don't do that very often uh, in this decade or even the century of, of finishing 500 or better in the conference. But you know me, Carp. I, I delve into this depth chart and, and what this team has. I think you can consume this, obviously, at more of a distance because you're not talking to the players and, and diving into that as much. Yeah. So what do you think of this team in a shortened Big Ten-only season? Because it's not like, oh, seven wins this year, right? Like, you don't have that buffer of three non-conference cupcake wins that make maybe make you feel better than you normally do. This is – you are – just against your peers. This is just a Big Ten schedule that I wish more fans looked at. Like, conference record, that's what matters the most. Like, that's how Ron Zook got fired because he was 18 and 38 against Big Ten teams. I think that's why last year when they finished four and five instead of five and four, I know it's arbitrary, but I so badly wanted that fifth win. And seven and five just feels better than six and six. It just does. And then you you lose the ball game. But let's say you'd want seven and five. At that point, the ball game doesn't matter. And for some reason, going six and six, all of a sudden you're back to, oh, man, it sure would be nice to be over 500. So when it comes to this season, what, what qualifies as a successful season, 
you know, in those eight games, any path to four and four, I think is going to be somewhat satisfying given the fact that you will be relevant when Ohio state comes to the town in week six of the season. Uh, I, I think the interest will be prolonged. If you can just kind of scatter those wins in the first five games, and then you enter the last two with Iowa Northwestern with an opportunity to make it a really good season. Uh, for me, that is, I think a realistic or even likely path for this team. And then the ninth game is, it's so weird. I love it for one. I, I love that that day you're going to have the Big Ten title game at night, but you got six other games that day. That's they sh- tremendous. They should do it every year. They, they should. They should do it. If if we can take things from this year and, and make our game better, I mean, I know it's adding another game. That's a concern for health. But I mean, they most teams are they got teams playing 14 games every year, right, or 15 games every year. So it's like this could make a lot of sense. It could make a lot of fun. It could bring in more TV revenue. It can get guys more extra playing time. If it doesn't impact your bowl, right, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But, you know, if Illinois is playing Indiana in a crossover game, that, that could be a lot of fun uh, on the Big Ten Championship Day. And it's a, it's a full day of Big Ten football, too. Like, I like this idea. And whether it's Indiana or they're playing Maryland or whatever, I, I think it can be another win for Illinois as well. But, yeah, I love that idea. I think it's, yeah. it's something that I, I – think they should consider for the long term if you stretch it into the future let's say you have a six and six team entering that 13th weekend it's not like bowl games are going to say ah if you lose this next one in your six and seven we aren't taking you no they're going to take a six one big 10 team and if anything it'll open it up where another team could get their six win on week 13 and get i don't know what 10 11 big 10 teams into a bowl game you would ask though expectations for this team and and how i feel about it and at a distance I'm unsure. I don't think that the, the delay hurts them. I think that this delay, and then you also factor in the the point that you aren't playing in any true road venues. You're playing at Camp Randall, but it's not really Camp Randall if you don't have the raucous game day atmosphere. You're playing at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, but without the fans there, who cares? It, to me, the glorified scrimmage aspect of this renders the whole road game uh Oh, God, you know, Brandon Peters in fourth quarter, 80,000 Nebraska fans going crazy. Can that offense handle it? That's not going to happen. It's not a consideration. I think that that favors teams that are sort of in that middle of the pack, uh, teams that are a little bit uncertain about how they're going to perform in high-pressure situations. They aren't going to be the same high-pressure situations. It lends itself well to this schedule, I think, too, because the Nebraska game, any normal year with that crowd, I'm still not feeling good about it. This year – nobody there why not because you know you're already kind of their equals on the field yeah and, and that transfer portal just changed so many things for me Carp. um the the level of talent they have like we had this team talent composite ranking on the site illinois eighth in the big 10 right like, i th- feel like illinois fans still feel like they're this low this high level mac team and i, I don't think that's case right. I, I think they got several nfl prospects and i, I just think they're on par with those Nebraskas and Purdue's and Northwesterns. The key is, Carp, can you get the most out of them? Can you stay healthy? Can you coach well? Can you make the right decisions? And uh, that, that's why this year should be a, a lot more fun. But I was also thinking about this, Carp. Football is back in October. Basketball is back in November. You're a macro guy. And this season is what we've all been looking for. This is what the Josh Whitman investment is, has been looking for is this season. So, But does COVID – change that for you in any way would, would this be a true measure stick year yeah i think so i it sucks that we can't 
experience it as I was talking with Harry and Trevor last night. Imagine if Illinois gets game day for the first time when Ohio state comes to town and yet no one can go and no one can be in the stadium. <laughs> what it's, it's, it's sort of like if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it or sees it, did, did it actually happen? Is that the old saying if a tree falls in the woods? Yeah. Something like that. But whether or not this is a consequential year, I think it is because if I look at football and basketball combined, if you somehow were to tell me that football goes five and four, bowl game or not, and who knows what the bowl season's going to look like, we know what this basketball team is going to do. Worst case, they're going to be a top four team in the Big Ten. I think that's fair to say. I don't think that's hyperbolic, and they got a great chance to win it. So even with the inability to actually experience it live, uh, to me, I'm more starved than ever. I'm more starved than ever to actually get a lot of football on my TV. Sure. That's fine. I'll take it. I'd stayed, I stayed out in the tailgate lots anyways, for the most part, or for a lot basketball, the same thing. I, I, while I wish that we could experience it in a more traditional sense, I think that the desire to just get it going again is going to make that first Saturday in October. What is it? October 25th. I'm going to wake up like it's Christmas morning, knowing that we're probably going to lose, but I don't care. It's late October and Illinois is starting an eight game conference only football schedule. That's cool. And it is something that down the road, you tell your kids, you tell your grandkids. Yeah. The great pandemic of 2020 and Illinois, they had a great football team and they made the final four. They won their first national title. I don't care about asterisk or anything like that. Every other team's in the same boat. So for me, whatever the accomplishments are, they're going to ring true. Johnny, let me tell you, in twenty dickety zero, man, <laughs> the great pandemic. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something, man. And uh, yeah, we're all just happy we get something to enjoy on these Saturdays. Because I gotta tell you, I mean, just yesterday watching the Bears do what they did, and we'll get into it here, and then watching Anthony Davis have that shot at the end of the game, and that back and forth between him and Jokic, and then having the Patriots Seahawks end of that game. It was just like, man, that was a fun escape for a day. Like what? What a day of sports! And I'm I'm just so glad these leagues have been able to do it. They seem to have been able to do it safely. The Big Ten, I hope, is able to do it safely. Because boy, for for so many people, Carp, it's it's a much needed escape and uh, you know way of getting joy in this this crazy 2020. It is, and I I felt the same way yesterday. Even though the second half of the Bears game was what it was, but it it is. It's amazing how the delay in sports, April, May, and then finally late June, they start kind of trickling back, that now we have the convergence of everything. And for me, knowing that it's going to be mid to late November, and I'm going to have every Saturday through December 19th, I think it is, an Illini football game to look forward mm-hmm. to. And, and usually football and basketball schedule do meet. But by the point Illinois football um, – by the time Illinois basketball starts practice, usually you can discard the football season because they're two and four or whatever. Yep. Well, this year, I don't think that's going to be the case. What it, what it does for me is it stretches out um, the, the joy that you speak of and being able to watch these sports and knowing that this winter, especially this is when it might get tough again in terms of the quarantine and not being able to hang out outside. Like we've been doing for the last six, seven months. Instead, we're all sequestered inside and, and well, what do we get uh, in lieu of, you know, all these uh, normal kind of like holiday parties and things like that? You get a Illini basketball team that's top 10. It's not going to cover fully for the things that we won't be able to do, but it is at a very minimum a distraction. And more than that, this is probably going to be one of the more enjoyable seasons that we have. That's where Illini football for me is almost a bonus in this, yeah. where if they happen to win four or five games, then great. It's gravy at that point because you know that worst case you got a line of basketball starting midseason. All right, Carp, before I let you go, two and zero Bears. 
<laughs> and I think we all know they aren't as good as other 2-0 and teams in the league. But uh, based on last year, where I felt like they didn't get much luck. Um, it's, it's nice to be on that other side of luck. They've played two bad teams here uh, in the Lions and the Giants. But they are 2-0 and uh, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chins. What was your biggest takeaway from Sunday's win over the Giants? They aren't the Lions, they aren't the Vikings, and that's fine. Uh, I think in the this NFC North, we know who's going to win it. That's a foregone conclusion. Barring some unthinkable uh, thing where the Bears actually play four quarters in a game and Aaron Rodgers comes back down to earth, Packers are number one, and that's fine. I'm going to acquiesce that spot. But in the NFC, apart from the NFC West, and I guess we could throw in the the Saints and the Bucks in the South, the East is garbage. There are what three wild card spots up now, or four? They added a, a seventh wild card yeah. spot or seventh playoff spot. So that means that in this NFC, I really like the Bears' chances if they can get to 10 wins to make the playoffs. And for me, I think this is Lawrence Holmes that said this yesterday that if you can't be great, be interesting. And I agree with that because in this year, not to do the whole COVID 19 thing, but talking about distractions and being able to enjoy these football Sundays when we have them. As long as they're interesting, I know that there's long-term concerns with Trubisky and the front office. Are you going to keep pace? Or are you going to keep Nagy? All of that. But for me as a, a spectator, I just want to be entertained. For two weeks, I have been, as frustrating as certain parts of those games uh, have been, especially the first three quarters of the Lions game, the second half of the Giants game. But this Bears team can be mediocre and still go 10-6. and six. If they go 3-0, and which they have a chance to do against a Falcons team that they find ways to lose games. This Bears team somehow has found ways to win it. I don't want to discount that, that even though it has been ugly, the Bears have found a way to eke out two wins despite not playing their A game, which if they play their A game, I think they can compete with most teams. I, I don't look at any game on the schedule and say, no way. Can I say this? Because getting lost in all the, the Mitch talk from week to week is – I've been pretty encouraged by Matt Nagy. Can, can I can Agreed. I say that? Like I, I've been his play calling, his his you know um, commitment to the run. Uh, I think he's changed his game to fit Mitch. It's simplified, realizing that maybe last year I tried to give him too much, which is sad for Ryan Pace that, that he picked that guy compared to the guys he took in front of him. But I think Mitch, Matt Nagy finally realized that. Okay, I don't have an elite quarterback, but I have a guy who I think you can work like Josh Allen. And, and find a way to win games with his legs and makes a couple throws. Uh, of course, Mitch misses them. But I also say this, his players never quit on, on Matt. And I, I think that's really important. I think he's a good you know, culture head coach, which obviously the Bears did not have with Tressman. And while I can nitpick some some things that he does as a play caller along with Bill Lazor, I think that's been better this year as well. I think they've called pretty good games. Um, that said, every week we're going to have – Mitch talk because it's Mitch Trubisky. So, Carp, before I let you go, should we start a Mitchometer? Like a, a zero <laughs> is you're done, go to Foles. Ten is extend that man. He's our franchise quarterback. After two weeks, where are you at with the Mitchometer? It, ten being keep him, zero being replace him. Yes. Mm. Uh, let's call it a six and a half, Ooh. seven. And, and the reason I say that is you mentioned the plays that he makes with his legs. And that is something you aren't, or you are not going to get that with Nick Foles in this offense. There are playmakers, but I think Mitch has the ability to be one of them, despite the occasional play where you say, ah, come on, Mitch, you know, there were the two interceptions yesterday. One of them was a great play from the giants receiver, just taken out of Allen Robinson's out of Allen Robinson's hands. That is 
less on Mitch than I think it is just a great defensive play. And even though the offense didn't score in the second half, I don't point at Mitch and say, ah, God, it's all, it's all his fault. But I am encouraged by the run game. That's going to take the load off of him. I am encouraged by Mooney at wide receiver. And I think that he might even replace Anthony Miller in terms of your you know, second best option. That's, that the, that's the other thing about Mitch. He made two great throws to Miller that Miller didn't catch. Um, didn't, you, yeah. You know, uh, I think it was Mitch missed a tight end in the middle of the field on a long one. That was a throw that bothered me probably more than the picks because the picks were just kind of, you know, good plays by, by the Giants. Um, but I'd, I'd probably say it's a five for me right now, which is better than it would have been last week. Because last mm-hmm. week I thought even though he had a great fourth quarter, I thought the first three quarters were awful. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback. Um, but that's kind of the worst place to be, isn't it? Like you still don't know. Like, he still does enough to tease you, um, but he can't find that consistency. But he's been better overall than I've thought, but still not good enough for me to be like, yep, that, that's that's my guy. But they might have made the right decision in making him the starter, um, and he's responded to that. So I'll give him that. You do want to find a way to – put the game away um, <laughs> before the Giants could come back in. And, and that is, this is where you mentioned Aggie. Overall, I think it's been a decent year for him. And I think at the end of the day, he is an above average NFL head coach. He's not a bad NFL coach. His record would indicate he is certainly not a bad NFL mm-hmm. coach. What was weird about the Nagy era so far is the first half of it, the offense, even if statistically it wasn't a top 10 NFL offense, you know, coming off of the John Fox era, it felt like a legit NFL offense. And then you started to see it kind of tail off that second half of the first year, but they kept winning and the defense was phenomenal. You're in the middle point between the best of Matt Nagy's offenses and the worst of it. But the encouraging thing is that you have the seedlings of a run game that is not just serviceable, but potentially good. And David Montgomery, thank goodness that was not a big neck injury because he comes back out there after what looked very scary. And he rattles off that, that drive. It should have been the one to put the game away. Looked fantastic. The blocking was great. And then Nagy goes away from the run game for that third and fourth down. Thank God for Bobby Massey, right? (laughs) I I think ultimately, though, above average coach, an average quarterback, enough playmakers to kind of patch things up. But a running back that might be potentially the guy as the season goes on. It's been a while since the Bears could say that. That throw to Montgomery, where Montgomery had all that yak afterwards, that was one of the best plays I've seen Mitch make. Yeah. Kept his eyes downfield. He looked confident. Uh, he didn't panic when he got a rush. He, he prolonged the play. That's the stuff he can do, and that's the stuff that Foles can't do. Um, so hopefully he can find a way to build confidence off that. And a Falcons defense, it isn't very good. So we'll, we'll see how it goes from there. The certainly first better, team. Certainly, certainly better carved to be 2-0 and and feeling not great about your team than 0-2 or 1-1. Oh, absolutely. And you go 3-0, and and I, I don't know what the percentages are, but I know that – a, a vast majority of teams to start three, you know, they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They do. So th- this is why the game Sunday is really interesting to me because, you know, I love the hangover narrative. And if there is one, it's the Falcons after being the first team, I think in NFL history, 39 points, zero turnovers, and they somehow found a way to lose. And Dan Quinn's still the coach, right? Like it's pretty amazing somehow. to me that that team with a lot of talent, even on the defensive side of the ball, but Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, you got to one Super Bowl, and it's like the most epic, you know, collapse we've ever seen. And they haven't made the playoffs since then. Like, it's no. been a pretty big failure for him. Well, and now think about the Bears' defense yesterday. We see Trevathan a lot less. You see nickel and dime packages a lot more. Deion Bush, I think, was out there over half of the snaps, which I think is actually good preparation for what you're going to get Sunday because you know what the Falcons are good at. They're going to spread it out, and they got great wide receivers and a really good quarterback. This could go either one of two ways, but the same way that I look at Bears-Lions games, Matt Stafford under center, 
for the first three quarters always kind of scares me because you know he can make those throws and he can be good. Matt Ryan is clearly career numbers would tell you he's a better quarterback than Matt Stafford. But the same sort of thing where if it came down to it, do I trust Matt Ryan to make that throw? So I I try to put myself in a Falcons fan's shoes. Are they looking forward to Sunday's game? I don't I don't think so. So it's an opportunity for the Bears. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford to me are the same tier. Like I just think they're really, really good and they can, if they're surrounded by the right pieces, win a Super Bowl, win an MVP. Matt Ryan won an MVP. Stafford yeah. would, would have been close last year. Um, but they're not they're not the top guys, right? But if you put either of those guys on the Bears, like it'd just be like unbelievable. Uh-huh. Unbelievable what we've been able to accomplish. Carp, good to see you, man. Good to talk uh, Bears win yet again. We'll see how long yeah. that lasts. And uh, good to start talking about an Illinois football season that's just a month away. Like, we're actually so, going to get it. Yeah, no, I, and I'm excited to do this on Mondays. We'll, we'll get the schedule figured out so we can get it out first thing. But it, it is the return of sports. Baseball was great. NBA playoffs have been great. But at the end of the day, there is something about – the traditions of fall and football starting and that chill in the air and Sundays, I don't know about you, but I love the noon Sunday games because if they win, it changes the entire perception of the rest of your Sunday. For me, I know they are not a great team, but I don't care. They're two and zero, and I'm just going to ride it out as long as I can. So, are you going to sit in your house and watch the Illinois games, or are you just going to go to find some lot, <laughs> sit out there and tailgate? Uh, well, as as much as I love the tailgating. I, I long ago established the expectation that I probably was not going to be in lot 31 this year and probably was not going to be in the stadium. And with that, you know, we've all had to kind of improvise and uh, recalibrate how we enjoy these things or where we find enjoyment, just waking up and having a, a what do the kids call it? A darty, a day party <laughs> at the house. I have watching heard that football. One. It's, it's awful, but um, yeah, that's fine for me, man. I, I don't need to be in the lots. I'll be there next year. Hopefully fingers crossed. And for, for this year, I mean, we're going to get snow games. Mm-hmm. We're going to have snowy big 10 football games. We're basically going to have this all the way up through Christmas. I'm going to just enjoy the rarity factor of 2020 big 10 football and it will be a season unlike any other on multiple fronts. So I'll take it. We need to journal about it or just podcast about it because then our kids can learn all about the, the great pandemic of 20 dickety zero. Um, you know, for, for me, even with the news editorial journalism, I went that route instead of broadcast. And yet you do the writing. I'm happy to just talk about it. I've, I have not actually sat down to journal in my life. I've never done it. Well, Carb, good to see you, man. I know you got to let you go, but uh, always appreciate it. We'll do this again soon. Absolutely. See you soon. Thanks, Carb. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Great stuff, as always, with Michael Carpenter, my good friend. And uh, we're going to hopefully do that every Monday for you throughout this fall and 
maybe throughout the winter as well. Uh, but hopefully we'll get those out a little bit earlier in the day. So you have a full Monday with Mike uh, to get those. Uh, but I uh, want to get that out today. Talk a little bears, talk a little line. I schedule as well. We got some more fun coming up on the podcast and I'm going to do, I'm doing my position primers on the Illinois football season. Usually I get these done in July or August. This year I put off on them because I didn't know if we would use them actually. But uh, I'm doing those up right now, and it's an in-depth look at the quarterbacks, in-depth look at the running backs. You know, I I pick out guys like in the spotlight, uh, X-Factors, newcomers to watch, all that, and kind of give my expectations, or I call reasonable expectations, of what those groups could pull off and and what I think they are capable of. Uh, So you can dive into that. uh, VIP members, you can. And and don't forget, uh, if you're not a VIP member and you want access to stories and pieces like that, right now, 60% off. Uh, an annual VIP subscription to Illini Inquirer. That's a $60 savings. It's 12 cents a day. Uh, so we appreciate your support there. And it's a, it's a deep dive into all of that and a deep dive and a deep look into each of these players. Uh, so I've done that so far in the quarterbacks and running backs. And we're going to do a little bit of it on the podcast. But I didn't want to just rehash what I said on there. So I wanted some expert opinions. So I'm going to some experts that you guys will know, and I've had some good feedback from from some people that I think you'll like to hear from and get their opinions on the Atlanta quarterbacks, the Atlanta running backs, the Atlanta offensive line, or the Atlanta defensive backs. Uh, so we're going to dive into that. Um, probably going to start that on Tuesday or Wednesday. So look forward to that coming up on the podcast, and that'll be a series here where we'll knock out position by position and get you ready for the Atlanta football season, which is just five weeks away. I think it's 33 days now um, that Illinois football will be back. So we will get you ready both on the site where you can get that great deal right now for VIP membership, 60% off. Take advantage of that. That's through the rest of the week. Or you can listen to this podcast. We always appreciate, uh, even if you just support this podcast, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you find us. Everybody have a great day. We'll chat to you next time right here on the Online Inquirer podcast.